Let those tongues escape your lips. There are those watching you. You've been with fear and trembling, wondering if it's even real. It's real. Let those tongues in an atmosphere like this, I know His presence is there, the same as here. Let those tongues just roll out. Glorify God with your spirit. Worship Him in spirit and truth. Hola Marando. Church, let's join with them. Shandale breco malaki. Fror Marandolo carayondora labrato. You're giving thanks well. You're giving thanks well. Shandale breco mine. We worship you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. We love you, Lord. If we were in a tent crusade with a whole lot of lost people in front of us, we wouldn't do it this way. But this is a believer's meeting, and if you've tuned in, most likely you are too. So you know what's going on. Out of your belly, now listen to me, I'm prophesying, I'm speaking the word to somebody. Out of your belly shall flow rivers, not trickles, rivers of living water. Now tongues is only one of those rivers. Healing is going to flow out of you. Life flows out of you when you minister salvation, the gospel to somebody. But one of those one of those rivers are those tongues, not trickles. You stay at it. The trickle will become a stream, and the stream will become a river. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. It's hard to leave when His presence is that strong. And who knows, the day will come, we may not leave it. <laughs> what, I mean, what I mean is, our, what we understand a church to be may completely change. You know. Well, if you notice, I come up with no Bible. And uh, this is not one of those foundations services that he's been having me do recently. I believe like he wants me to do an exhortation on faith today, believe it or not. It's because... Uh, you know, there's a prophecy that I heard once. It came through a up-and-coming young preacher that I think God might use someday. And it starts off, what was the title of that word? Let's see, it's called Endurance is the Key. Our beloved pastor, Dave Roberson. It's in big, bold print, framed on the wall out in, as you come into the church. But Endurance is the Key. And uh, when the battle is long, you know, Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when the battle is long, sometimes we need an exhortation, need the Lord to revive us, keep us in the warfare, keep us doing what we know to do. So you can turn to your Bibles if you want to. I may have to, if, but I have it on my phone if I need to. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. 
said, Dear Lord, Gary, I've heard a thousand messages on Hebrews 11.1. 1. Well, get ready. <laughs> Here comes message a thousand and one. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And then just come on down to verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible. Say, say the word impossible. impossible. See, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. You know, demons believe that. I was just reading again in James this week. It's really, you know, it's a slam. James was slamming you. <laughs> he was. You believe that there's one God. I'm going to add, wow. <laughs> Even the demons believe that and tremble. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Demons believe that. What's sad, you know, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. He that says in, their, in his heart that there is no God, what does the Bible say about that person? They're fools. The fool has said in his heart. Which means they're dumber than demons. Because demons know that there's one God. Isn't that something? But he that comes to God must believe two things, not just one. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now church, and not just here, but everyone connected with here, <laughs> connected with the message. Would you say that the blueprint that we have been operating under and the subsequent prophecies for the last two years, roughly, would you say that if you've been doing those things, that would be a form of diligently seeking God? I most certainly would. And uh, what does it say about people that diligently seek God for two years? That's, that's a spell. Well, God's a rewarder. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Pastor Dave Roberson who taught us to leave everything in context because if you really leave chapter 11 in context, now here's deep, calleth unto deep. Say with me, chapter 11 comes after chapter 10. And if you back up into chapter 10, you'll find that the writer of Hebrews is exhorting them to continue in the faith because all hell has broke loose against them. Now, it's called the book of Hebrews because it's written to Jewish people who grew up under the law. How do I please God, Daddy? Well, son, you keep the law. God has given us the law, and you do your best to keep it. Well, what if I, what if I break it? Well, here's, here's the instructions under the law, what to do if you break it. And we have feasts and festivals and all of the things. That's how you please God. You live according to the law. Well, that's the Jews. That's the Hebrews. But he, somebody came and preached Christ unto them. A better covenant established on better promises. And some of those Jews believed it. They believed the gospel. They turned from the law. They no longer trusted in the law to save them. Now they have put their faith in the blood of the Lamb. That the law was prophesying towards really the whole time. The Lamb. They put their trust in the finished work of Christ and they had become Christians. Would you call that a good form of seeking God? I would. So they got saved and I would, uh, I would almost guarantee that they got spirit filled because that was the pattern given. Peter says the promise, and this is right after they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. And he was talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost. So here you've got a bunch of Hebrew, Christian, tongue-talking believers. Ah, oh, we believed in Jesus. God's a rewarder. Hallelujah. 
then your parents found out that you became a Christian. Your Jewish parents found out you become a Christian. And they go, no, we don't agree with that. Remember what Jesus said? Do you think I come? I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I'm going to cause a division right in your own family. Well, they found that out real quick. Because right off, at least at first, the parents didn't agree with that. And they put pressure on them. If you don't recant, if you don't turn away from this Jesus and go back to the law, we're going to bury a coffin and say you were in it. I'm going to disown you. And the inheritance I was going to give you, I'm going to cut you out of my will. I'm going to give what I, give what I was going to give you, I'm going to give it to your brothers and sisters. Pressure. That's real pr- And by the way, you're not welcome here anymore. Cast out of the synagogues, many of them. If they were old enough to have businesses and people found out they were Christians in the Jewish community, their business would be ostracized to the point they'd probably lose their business. You know, if you read chapter 10, it talks about the spoiling of your goods. And they were made gazing stock. Well, today we'd say laughing stock. Mocked, made fun of. What I'm trying to say is there was extreme pressure put on them. Their families mad at them. Probably kicked out of university. Maybe their business shut down. Laughing stock, no telling how far that went. But I thought God was a rewarder. And He is. But see, while you're in the midst of it, and you don't have the tangible reward, what do you have? You have faith. During that period of time, your faith that God is a rewarder, your faith is your substance. Now, right now we've been diligently seeking God, not just here, but other many other places around the world that's joined with us. And I can tell you from the reports I've received, uh, their attendance has pretty well modeled this one. Uh, it seems like the, I, I did, if you're going to go by the natural, it seems like the exact opposite of a reward is what's happening. Well, that was the same thing going on with the Hebrews that the letter is written to it. All right, let's go on beyond Hebrews 11.6. Because he starts talking about the, what we call the heroes of faith. And time precludes me from doing all of them. Let's just take a couple. Let's just take Noah. <clears throat> See, however bad we think it is in America and the world right now with the lawlessness and the things that are going on, however bad we think it is, multiply that by 100. And that's probably still not as bad as it was in Noah's day. And we tend to think that there were few people on the earth, at least I've always thought that till I read a scholar. I'm not a scholar. Scholars say they actually think there might have been more people on planet earth in Noah's day than there is today. I See, it, it stunned you like it stunned me. I, I, what? They've gone through the genealogy type things and, and all of that, and they're going, there might have been 10 billion, 10 billion people, 8 to 10 billion they think there was at least as many on, on the earth in Noah's day as there is now. Isn't that something? Now, if that's the case, so God's looking at roughly almost eight, 8 billion people. How many righteous did he find? He counted 8 righteous because of the righteousness of one. <laughs> that's a good answer. God is a, believes in family salvation. He does. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Hang on to that. Hang on to that. Don't let one of them escape. 
So however bad we think it is now, in Noah's day it was much worse. Because it says, plainly says, every thought was wicked. Eight billion people. Even if we count eight of them. <laughs> eight out of eight billions. How many point zero zero zeros is that, you know? Wicked. Every thought, wickedness, all the time. So God gives Noah a command. Do you know what it was, you know, to build this ark? Tells him it's going to, a flood is coming. And up, up until that point in history, not, it's not even rained. They don't even have any idea what a flood is, really. I, God had to explain it to him somehow. It tells him to build this ark. Trouble of it is, this is not a canoe you can build in the basement. If you've seen, the, I haven't actually been there to the replica they have over in uh, Kentucky, I think it is, or somewhere. Uh, but they say it's like an ocean liner. It's huge, this thing. You can't hide it. And it took him a little over a hundred years to build the thing, him and his sons. Can you imagine the mocking, the gazing stock, the ridicule? What are you doing, old man? And it says, New Testament tells us, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So what's that saying? What's he preaching to them? Judgment is coming. God told me. Judgment is coming. He's having us build this ark to save the planet, or to save the human race, and to save uh, the, the different species of animals. You better repent. You might want to think about getting on the ark with us. <laughs> He's preaching righteousness, right? Judgment is coming. And the thing of it is, he preached it for over a hundred years. The first time I heard Dave say this, I had never thought about it. Thank God for our pastor, you know. He opened our mind to a lot of things. He says, can you imagine preaching for a hundred years? And preaching it righteousness. You did it right. And in one hundred years, you did not have a single convert. Not a friend. Not a relative, like a cousin, not an uncle. Dave even went through the genealogies and showed who all was still alive at that time. During that hundred years. Now let's talk about faith. What was Noah's substance? Because for a hundred years, not a drop of rain fell. There wasn't any evidence. He had no evidence that a flood was coming. It still didn't rain during that hundred years. Not one drop. What was his evidence? Faith was his evidence. He had to believe what God said. He had to believe that God is. And he had to believe that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now during the endurance time, during the standing time, it looked Absolutely the opposite of everything God had said. Far as I can tell, it didn't rain a drop. Far as I can tell, there was no, no, uh, no, no prophets in the land that I remember standing up except Noah. Just him. By himself. You know he had to be mocked and ridiculed and plus physically tired just building the, you know they had to call it Noah's folly. <laughs> Building this boat. How ridiculous. Old man. Going back to Pastor Dave again. Boy, our pastor's good. He said, yeah, nobody believed. Till God shut the door of the ark. And suddenly, what's that? What's that I feel on my head? What? What is that? And water began falling out of the sky. And it wasn't just that. It said the fountains of the deep were opened. God only knows what that was like. All of a sudden, these gushes of water coming up, fountains. Dave says, when the water was getting about waist deep or maybe higher, then, then the people, could you imagine the pounding on the outside of the boat, the knocking, please, please. Please let us in. At least take my baby. Please let us in. Please, please. God is long-suffering. 
God is merciful. God gives space to repent. But you better receive Jesus while the door is open. At my age now, I've done quite a few funerals in my life. It's not my favorite part of ministry. But I've sure learned to put this sentence in there because I never know who's in the crowd, who's sitting there, you know. I say one thing that I know. There are no unbelievers beyond the grave. They know the truth then. But it is just too late. Don't wait till then to know the truth. Hear the truth now. Repent and receive Jesus as your Savior. Get on the boat. That boat is a type of Christ. He is the ark. He is the Savior. You better get on board with Him. There is no other way. But now the point is, did Noah get rewarded? Everything that he said came to pass. Dave said it this way one time. When they stepped out of the boat, Noah was the richest man that ever lived. Because he had the whole world. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) God is a rewarder. Let's talk about Daniel in the lion's den. Now, Daniel had watched his nation be destroyed, be conquered by a foreign king, and it wasn't his fault. It wasn't, uh, wasn't because of him. But he still lived through that, and him and some of his friends wound up in uh, Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. But, uh, and there are several stories we could tell. See, the persecution is always get, try to get you to bow down to some other god. It's always, whether it's the Hebrews that we read about in Hebrews 11, trying to get them to turn back to something else, always trying to get you to turn away from Jesus. So pressure was being put on Daniel, because Daniel would worship every day, and he did it openly in front of a window where people could see him. He wasn't bashful about it. People knew that he was worshiping the God of Israel, even though Israel was not a nation anymore. At that time, it wasn't God's heart, but it wasn't physically. And so his charges are brought against him. Religious people always do that. Well, if you don't repent, Daniel, you get to spend the night at the inn called the White Lion. I'm just making that up. You're going to spend the night at the Lion Motel. (laughs) L-I-O-N. Now, at that moment that they're about to, you know, you've been basically arrested. You brought before the... The king, sentence is being pronounced on you. Does that sound like rewarding for your faith? Does that sound like, and at that moment, it doesn't seem like a reward, does it? Going to spend the night in the Lion Motel. But the next morning when they rolled away the stone. Daniel. Was your God able to save you? I'm still here. He shut the mouths of the lions. But now while you're in the dark, with a stone rolled over the door of the cave, think about it, all night, pitch black, heavy breathing (laughs) of lions. At that moment, you better have some endurance. You better have something. What was Daniel's evidence that God is a rewarder? What was his evidence during the night? His faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. What was he hoping for? To survive the night. And give glory to God, by the way, to prove to the king who his God was. That was the hope. But during the night, all he had was his faith. But thank God, faith will get the job done. I love the story. While we're in Babylon, let's go ahead and do the three children. Again, same thing. That pressure was being put on them. They would not bow down to the image that had been made. We will not bow down. If you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in this furnace. I'm going to cook you alive. 
And the way it's worded is just amazing. They said, our God is able to deliver us from that fiery furnace. But even if he does not, we will not bow. Excuse me. That's what he's calling us to right now. That's the heart he wants to find in us. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how much the building leans. I don't care how many people leave. We will not abandon what he's called us to do. We will not abandon what he's called us to do. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We will not bow to religion. We will not bow to the ways that don't bring revival. Give us revival or give us death. Take some endurance while you're in the furnace. Made the king so mad. Now you know that king's a type of the devil. When they wouldn't bow. Made the devil so mad. He heated that furnace seven times hotter to the point it killed the ones throwing the fuel in there. And I don't know how they look in there when that, in the midst of it, you know, we have portals with thick glass. I don't know how they did it, but anyway. Somebody's looking in there and said, didn't we throw three men in there? Didn't we have to put three men in there? Yeah. I see a fourth man. I see a fourth man in there. Looks to me like it's the Son of God. We are not alone, people. There's a fourth man with us, and he is the Son of God. We're going to come through this without even the smell of smoke on us. I'm telling you, we're coming out. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He has promised us revival. He has promised us miracles and all parts of the building all going on at the same time and it being so packed that there's standing room only around the walls and deliverances here and healings there and salvations here. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. But endurance is the key. Endurance is the key. Here lately, he's been having me go back through some old things that he said to me, some of them over 20 years ago. You can find the same promises, by the way. It's not, nothing unique to me. You can find the same promises in the blueprint. Because God doesn't change, really. Just looking at the way he said it to me, he said, one of the things he said to me to over 20 years ago, He's been, I think he's saying it to you too. He says, you're going to walk in manifested glory. Well, what's manifested glory? That's John 14, 12. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. What things soever you ask in my name, I will do it. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's manifested glory. That's where the Father manifests his glory. We can't do it without Christ. I mean, he's the vine. He says, without me, you can do nothing. But we are the branches. He can't do it without us. He's the vine. We're the branches. So he said to me over 20 years ago that he promised me, said to me, I believe he's saying it to you too. Well, I know he is. If you read the blueprint, it's all through there. He may not use that exact phrase, but it's all the same things in there. Sometimes I have to close my eyes because I can't see it in the natural right now. But I close my eyes and I see Gary operating in manifested glory. For me, it's little children. Sue and I, we right now, the only way we can help is give to St. Jude's Hospital. It's one of, there's other ones, I know. But the thing I love about St. Jude's is no parent ever gets a bill. Well, if you ever watch one of those specials, see those little bald-headed kids? Sure not their fault. Brain cancer, they call it blastoma, I think. Thank God for St. Jude's. And at least doing all that we know to do, trying to help. And they help a lot of them, a lot of them. Ring that bell the last time and they're, they're done, they're out. Well, it's the best we have right now. 
But I know that I know Jesus is calling us to empty that place. He would. He would not. You bring your little child, your little bald-headed child, with to put him in the arms of Jesus. You're going home with a healed child. Now, that's just all there is to it. If you don't have that clear, we've got to go back to Revival 101. I absolutely believe that with all my heart. So I'll close my eyes since I can't live in it in the natural. I do my best because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I'll spend some time walking through St. Jude's in my mind. With Sue, by the way. I can't hardly do anything without Sue. I see the two of us all the time walking through there. Laying hands on those kids. And all of them come out healed. See, that's called, that's called hope. What I have right now, since I, I, right now I'm not walking through there doing that, what do you have right now? I've got faith. And I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to cast away my confidence. I'm not going to give up the promises that he's promised us. Because he said we're going to walk in manifested glory where the Father gets to glorify himself through the Son who lives in us. Now, the other thing he said to me, though, the other thing he said to me at the same time over 20 years ago about manifested glory, told me I'm going to walk in it. I believe you're going to walk in it, too. But he also said almost in the same breath, he said, that requires the transformation to love. And I didn't even know then at all what I know now. <laughs> but now I know he was saying that's not going to happen by the gifts. That's not going to happen by the gifts. Now, individually, one at a t- here and there, and we, something can happen by the gifts. But the kind where you walk through, walk through and empty it out, he told me over 20 years ago, that requires the transformation to love. Well, what are we told in 1 Corinthians 13? Aren't we told to pursue after love? Not despise the gifts. We're supposed to covet the gifts. Thank God. Till we get there. But the pursuit is love. Well, Dave was preaching that. Most heavily, heavily guarded door in the universe is that door into the room of God's love. Every, it's like every demon there is is camped on that door. And there's like a banner over it from hell that says, at all costs, none may enter here. How do I know, my God? Well, so if you know that you've got to be transformed to love, and trust me, you don't have to ask my wife. Just She would lovingly tell you, trying to make me look as good as she could. But anybody that's around me very long can tell I'm not transformed to love. And you probably are. I roll. <laughs> I roll. Did you see that? <laughs> Being nice. Now, see, knowing that, I know. I know that. That's not news to me. It hasn't been news to me for a long time. So I know I've got to yield to that. So that... But a year and a half ago or so, the, through another man, the Lord said to me, but it was God just as sure as there ever was God talking. Talking to me, says Gary. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. It was real slow. Then when you think you can't humble yourself anymore, then humble yourself some more. Well, how do you do that in a practical way? Well, you try, you know. Uh, first off, for me, that means be at the prayer sessions as much as I possibly can. And most of you know that I try and be here. You'll usually see me here unless I just absolutely can't. So that's one thing that I do is try and try and be there. Uh, I try and so uh, worship. I've been working on worship more. Been doing pretty a lot better than I ever have in my life. Fasting, yes, I'm doing much more fasting than I've ever done in my life. Now here's what I'm going to say though. Transparency is good for you. It seems like that the more that I press in, trying 
to be transformed, or how do you word it correctly? I don't want to get letters. <laughs> Press in, trying to allow Him to transform me into love. Is that okay? By all the methods that we know. See, it's not a matter. It's like Alan was saying this morning. Oh, just believe, brother. Uh-huh. I got a box right here for you. <laughs> I'll still pay anybody's airfare, airfare, your motels, your meals. I'll pay it all. If you can fly to New York, pray for Tommy Perez. Get him out of that wheelchair. Now, the thing of it is, though, if you pray and you don't get him out, you're paying for it all. But I absolutely mean that. Nobody ever yet has taken me up on it. But we tried it. We milked every cell in our being for faith, and we couldn't get him out. Pastor was there. The mother was there. Our daughter was there. We did everything we knew to do. So there's one of those walls that Alan was talking about. If I had it in my power, I'd get Alan the rest of the way straightened up. I'd get me straightened up. Just believe, Gary. Well, how about, well, just walk in love. Gary, just love. What I'm trying to tell you is in the same way that the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were doing their best and they did a good job of believing God, it got worse. They went through a trial where the only thing they had was their faith. Same with Daniel. Same with Noah. We could take every one of those. Every, that's listed in Hebrews 11. Same thing. There is a time when the only thing you have is your faith. So here's the rest of the story. Trying to walk in more love, trying to do the things that will allow him to transform me. It almost seems like I'm worse than I ever was. I get offended at the littlest thing. Somebody trying to control me at all, it's like, back off. <laughs> you know. And then I hate myself. And that doesn't help. That just brings depression. But the, what it really makes you want to do is give up. Makes you want to quit. It's like, oh, this isn't, and this is the voice of the enemy. It's the same voice that was in the Daniel, in the lion's den, the same voice that was in the fiery furnace. Where is your God now? I think about Paul. Dear Lord, read Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Three days and nights, in the, after three shipwrecks, and a day and a night in the deep. Now that means no help came. <laughs> You're floating on a piece of wood left from that ship or something, hanging onto a piece of something. All night, all day, day and a night, no help comes. No angel, no speedboat, <laughs> no helicopter, <laughs> nothing. And you know, I could hear the voice of the devil. Where is your God now? God's a rewarder, is he? How you liking that reward? By the way, just feel on your back, Paul. You've already been whipped 39 times, five times. Beaten with rods, stoned and left for dead. Perils of robbers, perils of thieves, perils of false brethren. Dear Lord God. Where is your reward? God's a rewarder, is he? Can't you just hear it? So here we've been pressing in, doing the blueprint, which really are the instructions that we have from the Father right now, from our Lord, the instructions. Pressing in, pressing in. I see familiar faces. One's coming, doing it, whether you can do it here, do it at home. I know many of you watching are doing it. I get reports. Yet if we're going to look in the natural... You better not be looking in the natural. Better not even be checking your own emotions. If I was going by my emotions, I'd quit. But faith is of the heart. It's not of the, the mind. It's not of the will. It's not of the emotions. Faith is of the heart. That new man that Alan was talking about, my, my new man believes. Now it may not be, it hasn't made it all the way through me yet, but that's the only reason I'm here. And I'll be here the next time you see me. And I say it by faith I will be. Because i got a fourth man walking with me. I'm not alone. I am never alone. Even when I feel like the biggest jerk on the planet, sometimes I 
jerky to my wife. Now, if you want to feel like a... We're in church. If you want to feel like a frog, (laughs) be not nice to Sue. Because she'll just love you back. And it makes me it makes me want to give up when I react like that. And the enemy's right there. Oh, you were you were better off before. You didn't act like this then. Then and then and then I can you know, shut up. So what are you gonna do? I'm gonna be at prayer Wednesday. And I'm gonna be at prayer Friday and Saturday. And in the meantime, I'm going to be doing my best to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I'm going to spend time worshiping God. I'm going to spend time pushing away from the table, son. I'm going to spend time in the Word. Because I already know I can't change myself. I really can't. If I could save myself, I can't even change myself. My best efforts turn out bad. But I can yield to the one that can't change me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for Jesus, the friend who sticks closer than a brother. I don't read many books. I have a lot of books that I think I'm going to read and I never wind up reading them. But I did read one. I got real interested in this one. I'm really going to be careful. I don't, I'm not going to advertise. I'm not pushing books at all. Seems like if I was to endorse it, you know, that guy will be in the news next week falling. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But I am going to tell you a story based on it. It's a, it's a, this book is by a pastor, young man of a very rapidly growing church. That I, I admire the, a lot of things about it. I don't know really what he teaches. I've never heard a single message that he, that he teaches. But he has got a book out that the title grabbed me, and I don't want to tell you the title, but I just felt like I need to get this book. So I, I got the book, and I read the first chapter or two, and I got really even more hooked. Because I really like this guy has some good things to say, really good things to say. Now, here's what's important. Number one, I was looking for false doctrine, like, oh, that's my job. <laughs> All the way, th- I didn't find any. Now, I don't know what he teaches. All I'm saying is in the book. Everything, because the book is pretty much just about faith and telling experiences by faith. Okay? Well, it was all good. He, in fact, he said some things I'm going to steal. <laughs> I'm not even giving him credit, because, you know, you don't know him anyway. He just had a way of say, he just had a way of saying some things that are really good. I'm going to use them because it helped. And I'm thinking, yes, sir. Now here's the, here's the enemy working. Cause this guy, his church is growing. Everything is, they don't have no slopity floors in their building. I mean, everything is top notch. All the equipment's top notch. They're busting at the seams. They're always having to look for bigger venues. It's the exact opposite of everything we see here. So I'm thinking, God, do you want me to shut down here and go help them? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going, I, if we're, hey, if we're, somehow if I got off on the wrong track or something, I'm teachable. But I, so I'm, I, I gotta tell you, that was in, I'm reading this and reading this. And I'm going, God, this is true, 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 chapter after chapter. Good, good, good. Growing, fast growing church, doing well, prosperous, getting a lot of people saved. Helping a lot of poor people. I mean, dear God, the more I read about it, the more I liked it. And I knew God was, to be honest with you, I, I'm not a fast reader. I'm really not. And the way I read books is I read them and then I read them. What I mean is I read them, then I go back through, and I read them slow and take notes and things, if it's a good one. This one is. I'm not pushing the book. So I'm going, God, I don't understand. This, I believe everything this guy believes. He, he, I teach these same things, you know. Now what I, okay, stay with it. Why are you having me read this book? This is not helping me. (laughs) The more I read, the more I'm kind of, 
Because I'm teaching the same things. I mean, I don't see anything false here. What's going on, God? The reason I said I'm a slow reader, especially if I'm reading printed pages, so, so I had to go buy the Kindle version and put it on my phone. <laughs> I can read a lot faster on that. Because Anyway, make the print bigger. Focus. I'm trying to focus. Yes, ma'am. Trying to say it right is what I want to do. Say it right. Thank you. So, why are you having me read this book? And then finally, finally. There's a wonderful young man, married, got a nice family, several children. and uh, But he has a son born. I don't want to mention what it is, but his son was born with a birth defect. And it breaks his heart. And he loves his son. And they're doing everything they can for their son, like any parent would do. But you can read it. He even asked for prayer to whoever reads this book. Because he knows it's not God's best. And when I got to that part, I went, that's why you've called us. See, that's the part where they're not walking. That's the part of the promised land. Nobody has yet possessed and that's what he's called us to do and to be laser focused to be honest with you a small church right now for us is a blessing if you can believe that because I don't have to deal with 10,000 problems all at once do you understand what I'm saying we are free to focus on the assignment that we have been given from the head of the church to take a group of people a group of people and go far enough into God to bring that pastor's miracle to his house that's I said that's it that's it I thank God he's raised up churches that are prosperous and are preaching the gospel and getting people saved and clothing the naked and feed. Thank God for them. We got a lot of good ones in town. There's a lot of good churches in this town, a lot of good churches in a lot of towns. But that's not our assignment. We know exactly what our assignment is, and it's that part of the promised land nobody has possessed yet. Nobody's possessed it. There's nowhere on earth I know of where that pastor can take his boy and get that birth de- birth defect fixed. Nowhere. No medical and no, no uh, spiritual place where he can go. But God has called us. That is exactly the part of the promised land that we have been called to go possess, tear down every stronghold, kill every giant, mortify every ounce of flesh that's keeping us back. That is exactly. I said, now I know why you had me read the book. That's the part you've called us to. Thank God you've called him to do what he's doing, but you have called us and all that's associated with us. That's our assignment right there. Let's go possess that part of the promised land that nobody else has. And it is going to require the transformation to love. And your flesh is going to scream like a stuck pig. I know you're not from Oklahoma, but stuck pig squeal. So right now, while we're in the midst of it, and the attendance keeps getting lower the more that we press in and do the seeking after God, we've got to be like the Hebrew children. What I said, not I don't mean Hebrew, uh, like the, the, young, the people in the book of Hebrews. What was the message to them? Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. We may be, I don't know where, we've been in the fire for at least a couple of years. I know that we're coming near the end of it, not only by what I saw, but now the Lord has spoken it a couple of times in the prophecies. We're coming to the end of that. I don't know what's beyond that. But I do know what is eventually beyond it. And it is the promised land. It is that part where we possess everything, none diminished, what Jesus provided for us. And I want that pastor's boy to be one of the first ones healed. Every I I I. Yeah.
I'm just going to share an assignment with you in case you want to do it. This is an assignment to me after I read the book. And you don't need to read it. I just gave you what the important part out of it. I said, what do you want me to do now after I read this? He said, I want you to press in harder than you ever have. And I want you to start exercising faith according to what I instructed you in the God of hope where you see the end result as though you are already living there. Now, isn't that exactly what he did with Abraham? He couldn't show him thousands of kids, so he took him out and he showed him thousands of stars. So shall thy seed be. He gave him something to look at. Isn't that right? So let's just pick a couple of things. From, and it, well, we're going to do it. See, in the early days when Sue and I were children, this is exactly, children in the Lord, what I mean is, this is how we bleed for cars. We, we'd visualize the car. We'd see the car. We'd pick out the colors of the car. We did, our first project was a van. Remember? Two-tone colored van. Had to have windows down the side. This and that and this and that. And I want you to know he provided exactly that van. Two-tone colors, windows down the side. Everything we said, he did. Because he's training children. Well, that same thing, though, faith is still the substance of things hoped for. Hope has everything to do with what you see on the inside. So instruction to me, now I'm not saying necessarily to you, just go through the blueprint and the subsequent prophecies and just every time you see something in there like this, let's just take this one. My glory will fill the house to the point you're going to have trouble standing and even walking out the door. Let's take some time. Father, we see you right now. We see your glory filling the house. Same way that it filled the temple in the Old Testament, Lord. The priest couldn't even enter into the temple because your glory filled the house. Father, I'm seeing it right now. I don't, it's not a, something that we can necessarily see. I'm not saying we'll see the Shekinah glory, but we see the effects of it, Lord. And it was staggering, almost drunk, like these men are not drunk as you suppose. No, they've just had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Father, your presence so thick in this place. Have trouble standing. Have trouble walking around. It's like drunk on the Spirit, Lord. Lord, we see it. We see it. What exactly what you said. So shall it be. What has been is not what shall be. Right, let's take another one. Another one. What did he say? This place will be so filled. There will be... People standing all the way around, all the way around the sanctuary. Can you, can you, remember Cole, Papa, can you pretend? (laughs) Jesus is asking his church, can you believe? Can you hope? Let's say it, let's start with hope. Can you hope? If he said that, let's see that. Close your eyes a minute. We had to bring in more chairs. Not only the ones that are stored around here, but we around the wall, we had to go get some more chairs. And there's so many people. Remember Dave? Well, let's see that. That field, that empty field out there, what did, what did Dave see? Filled with ambulances and cars and people bringing, bringing their sick. Why? Because when they bring them in here. And maybe they don't even have to bring them in here. But I know this, all of them that come, all of them, all of them, all of them, receive their healing in Jesus' name. Father, we see it now. We see this place so packed, Lord. It's full, Father. Doesn't matter what we're going through now. Right now we have faith. Right now our faith is our substance. But we've got faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. Father, we see what you said. We see what you said. That's what we see and that's what we have. In Jesus' name. How about the altars filled? He talked about the altars being filled. Calling in the lost. We Something that Dave prophesied years ago. A thousand people a week 
are born again at the prayer center. Every week, a thousand people. That's a lot of people. That's 52,000 a year. <laughs> 52,000. Don't think this building's going to hold them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we see the altars filled with people running to be saved. Lord, your Holy Spirit drawing and wooing them, Lord. Father, I remember what Dave saw the people driving from 25 miles away. They're going to, they're going to come into the presence even 25 miles away from here. Something is going to draw them. They don't even know what it is. They don't know that it's your presence drawing them to be saved. They'll be drawn to this place and don't even know why. Glory to God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let's engage our hoper in ways that we have not done it for a while. Abraham, I I don't think he went out there one night. I think he went out there every night. Every night. Keeping that image for right in the forefront. Sarah, come out here with me. Come on out here with me, Sarah. Our seed is going to number like that. Listen, we are going to have everything that he said. Say it with me. My faith is my substance. My faith is the substance of things hoped for. God has filled me with hope. He's told me exactly what He's going to do. And I keep that hope forefront. No matter how bad it is right now. Right now my faith is my substance. And I believe that God is. And He cannot lie. And He does what He says. And He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And if I'll have endurance, and I hold fast to what He said, and I obey what He told me, I'm going to have everything He said. But right now, my faith is my substance. But I will see it with my eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The definition of substance, according to our Rhodes Scholar, (laughs) Webster, That which is real. That which is real. What do you mean? Tangible. Tangible. That which is tangible. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. I'll finish with this, with that illustration. During the time that Abraham and Sarah had to endure, seeing the hope and saying, because they had to change, every time they spoke, I am the father of a multitude, Sarah, I'm a young princess. You know, her name means princess. Every time they would say it, at that moment, could they hold the baby? There was no tangible, was there? Could I say there was no real in the sense of what the world calls real? Well, what did they have? Their faith at that point had to be their substance. But see, because faith is the substance, eventually it produces substance. And the day came. When they held Isaac. See, you don't need faith once you have the object of your faith. You don't need faith then. You've got the baby. But until then, your faith is your substance. Right now, our faith in everything God said is our substance. Okay. Oh, see, now I was going to be nicer than this. How does anybody know they're in faith with anything? Faith without works is dead. You don't believe it until you do it. My daddy did no Bible, he was no Bible scholar, but he said it this way. Son, no matter what you say, you are what you do. That's exactly what James was saying. You can tell me you have faith all day. You can tell me all about your faith. I'm going to watch what you do. You'll see my faith by what I do. I'm not even going to go any farther with that. Y'all are smart. You know what he's saying. All right. Lord, 
Thank you, Father. Let's just pray with me for a moment. He's, I, we, might, we might be done. We might not be done. I don't know. An even darker period is coming and very shortly coming. So this is a time, this is one of the reasons I'm encouraging you today, says the Lord, to build you up and increase your stamina so that your endurance fail not during this dark time that is quickly upon the earth. For it shall get even darker than it is now before the light shall come. But I have not abandoned you. I have not forgotten one word of my promise. I have. I will not forsake you. I will not alter the things that have gone out of my mouth. And I am calling you this day to endurance even more, says the Lord. That's why I'm building you up on your most holy faith today. Encouraging you. Reminding you. I am the fourth man and I am with you in every one of these circumstances. Waver not at what I had spoken. Endure and you shall see the reward of my promise, says the Lord. Whew. I didn't want to hear that about the dark time. It seemed to me it's dark enough. <laughs> but I'm not the Lord. Now this is a time, I hear him still, this is a time for pressing in like you've never pressed before. Say, Lord, I've already been pressing in. Press in more. Press in more, says the Lord. I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. Press in more, says the Lord. Press in. The enemy, the enemy is raging in every way that he can to get you to stop. Physically, financially, emotionally, marriagely, if that's a word, but marriagely, relationshiply. In every way, the enemy is, he's looking for any chink in the armor, hoping a fiery dart will take you out. Keep high the shield of faith. Say what I have said. It is written. It is written. It is written. Say what I have said. You will quench every fiery dart. Not one will find a chink in the armor. I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. Continue in endurance, and you will see that reward, says the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Whew, let me see. I felt that release right there. Hallelujah. Right after 9-11, church attendance in the United States went up like 26%, just almost right away, but it wavered after a while, waned after a while. And right after World War II, there was a great revival that happened for quite a while, as you know. See, God is always harvest-minded. Harvest. Why hasn't He already come? Peter tells us. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And we say, Thy, will, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You're the Lord, we're not. You've called, you've told us what to do in plain, simple instruction. We know exactly what to do. And you've asked us to endure. We leave the rest to you, Father. We don't have to figure it out. We just get to pray it out. In Jesus' name. We are going to have calling in the lost tonight at 7. If you came for prayer, you can come put your toes on the green line. Oh, great days. I see I'm hearing now, great days are ahead. There may be a darkness, but great days are ahead. Great days. Yes, sir. There might be somebody watching today. And uh, maybe you've never made the Lord Jesus your Lord. Or maybe you've, you did in the past, but you've backslid and you know you're not right with God. 
if there was ever a time you need to get right with God today. Now even in the old covenant, God said, Return to me, O backslider. Just admit what you did and repent of your sin. I will abundantly pardon. And he has not changed. In the new covenant, he said, Just confess your sin. 1 John 1, 9, If you confess your sin, he is faithful to not only forgive you, it says he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means it'll be like you never did it. So let's all just pray this together. Because how many knows we have sinned? <laughs> Say, Father, I have sinned. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for loving us so much. That you sent your only begotten son. He paid the price for my sin. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Receive me, Father. Back into the fold. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I yield to you with all that I know how. Jesus, you are my Lord. What would you have me do? That's my life now. Jesus, what would you have me do? Amen. 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 Then ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will even right now. When His Spirit comes, there's going to be a, a, a river start flowing up out of you. You're going to want to start speaking words and they don't make sense and that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit is creating that language and He'll make intercession for you with perfect language. With intercession according to the will of God. Let those tongues come up out of you. If you've got questions, I have a website for you. It's called DaveRoberson.org. <laughs> Go to the series, just the very first one, the Walk, of, the Walk of the Spirit Companion series. The basics of everything you need to know is right there. And just let, just begin to pray. Hallelujah.